Good morning and welcome to Sunday Morning with Love and Action. I am Ken Tuck. Thank you for joining me today. I hope you are doing well. The temperature keeps rising, it seems, doesn't it? I'm so thankful that this is the last day of July. That means August is ahead of us. August, I know, is always the worst month of the summer, right? The dog days of summer. Why do they call it the dog days of summer? Does anybody know that? I have no idea why, but it is called that. I guess I should Google it and check that out. But anyway, what it means is once we get through August, there's light at the end of the tunnel for some cool weather coming back. We make it on through towards the end of September, and hopefully the temperature starts to drop out of the 90s at least anyway. But hey, praise God, we are very spoiled here in America as many of us have air conditioning. Those who don't, it is mighty tough on them. So please uh, keep those lifted up in prayer. Uh, Help folks where you're able to help as well to beat the heat with fans, with air conditioning. I know the Joy Fam has been doing a drive all summer long to help Sarkoa, to help our elderly friends who don't have fans, don't have air conditioning. And so we just appreciate the Joy FM doing that. Thank you, Sarkoa, for what you do as well. I'm just so excited about Jesus, and I don't plan on ever not being excited about Jesus. I mean, how can we not? He's done everything for us. He has saved my soul from eternal hell. He has saved me from the wrath of God. He has forgiven my sins. He has given me life here on earth and life everlasting with him. So how can I not be excited about Jesus? And I pray those of y'all who are born-again believers are excited about Jesus and never lose that excitement either. And if you aren't a believer in Jesus Christ, I pray that you become one and you can see what this excitement is all about and experience true life, experience true love in Jesus. But I'm excited about everything he's doing. We are seeing souls being saved We are seeing people being baptized, following Jesus in baptism. That's just such an awesome thing to see. That's such an awesome thing to be a part of. And discipleship. Oh, we're seeing people getting hungry for the Word of God and going through our discipleship courses. I'm really excited, too, starting this Tuesday, August the 2nd, is going to be the first online class that we've done at our Love and Action School of Discipleship. We're going to have a class. Our first class that we teach in our curriculum is called DM Squared, and that stands for Disciples Making Disciple Makers, and we're offering that via Zoom. We're going to try a Zoom class and see how that goes. This Tuesday, August 2nd, beginning at 6.30, and then each Tuesday at 6.30 afterwards until we're completed. And I'm excited we have people locally who can't make it to our campus to go through our discipleship. We also have people in Enterprise, Headland, as far away as Illinois, Mississippi. And so I'm just excited about people wanting to just dive into the Word of God and become Great Commission Christians. And if you would like to sign up for that class, there is still time. You can email me at ken.tuck at loveinactionministries.com. That's ken.tuck at loveinactionministries.com. And we can get you all signed up and ready for our DM Squared class via Zoom. If you'd like to learn more about our School of Discipleship, go to our website, loveinactionministries.com, and you will see information and links to more information about what all we cover at our School of Discipleship. But just excited about what God's doing, excited about today, excited that you have joined us. And we're going to just talk about being a believer in today's world also going to talk about today not mixing politics with the gospel, and we're going to get into all of that. But first, let's go to our Heavenly Father, our awesome and almighty God, in prayer. Father God, we thank you. 
Wow, God, you are so awesome. You are so amazing. And to think that you love us is just beyond understanding, really. But Father, we thank you that you do. You do love us. And you sent your only son, Jesus, the one and only son of God, the true and one and only Messiah, Savior of mankind. You sent Jesus for us. And we thank you, Jesus, that you taught us many things while you were here on earth. But you also showed us the ultimate act of love when you died for us. Even though we are sinners, you died for us anyway because you want us to be with you forever. And you bore our sins on that cross. You paid the price that we could not, we could never pay. And you saved us from the wrath of God. And praise be to you, Father. You raised Jesus back to life on the third day. Jesus, you conquered death, Satan, and sin all in, at one time. And because you live, we can live if we just believe. I pray for those who don't know you, Jesus. I just ask that today will be their day of salvation when they call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. Father, we just want to again say thank you. Thank you for this time. Thank you for your word. Just be glorified here this morning, we pray. And I lift up each person listening. God, you know the needs. You know the good things, the tough things, the bad things, everything. And so, Lord, just lift each person up to you. I want to say a special prayer for our brother Robert, who was still in CCU after that bad car accident. But Lord, we praise you for the progress that's been taking place. We're seeing your hand at work, Lord, and just continue to pray for us. Continue healing and his complete recovery for the testimony that he will have. Lord, we just lift up each need, put them in your hands, and thank you for hearing us. Lord, we praise you, we love you, and it's in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. I'm not going to make anybody stop and go, wow, that's an amazing saying when I say this. Our world is messed up. I mean, everybody knows that, right? All we have to do is look around. In our own city, in our own community, we see that things are messed up, and we know for all kinds of different reasons, from COVID to economic reasons to political reasons, the list keeps going and going and going, right? But what it all boils down to is the major problem in this world, and the reason why everything is so messed up is sin. Sin is disobedience to God. And the more people sin, the more messed up this world becomes. And so we see that right here in our own nation. It's just one big mess, it seems, right? But you know, in the middle of all that mess, God is doing a work. He always has a remnant of people who are going to be obedient to him. Read the Bible cover to cover, and you see God always has a remnant. He always has people who are willing to listen to him, to be obedient, and to follow him. And sometimes that remnant is a small group, and sometimes it's larger. But God is working. So first, let me tell you, don't lose heart. These times we are going through and have been going through, don't lose heart. Set your focus on Jesus Christ. He is the hope of glory. He is our hope. He is our salvation. He is the way, the truth, and the life, and the only way to the Father, John fourteen six. So keep your focus on him, and you won't lose heart. But as times are so messed up like they are, it also means that it's a great time to tell people about Jesus. This is an awesome time to be alive because it's an awesome time to do ministry, which ministry to me is life. So I'm not just talking about love and action. I'm talking about living as a believer in this world. That's ministry. We never stop. We're always representing Jesus. We're his ambassador wherever we go. It's awesome to go out and share with people. I know the first thought, you're like, Ken, you're a preacher. That's what you do. Well, you know what? I hadn't always been a pastor. I hadn't always been a preacher of the word. I was in the business world for many, many years, 22 years in the journalism career. 
that had two or three more years in, in the business world as well. And I still told people about Jesus. So it's not just for pastors, evangelists. It's for all of us who are believers. Our life is a ministry. Wherever we're at, that's your ministry field. Our family, our work, our neighborhood, wherever we're at, whatever stores you like to frequent, that's a ministry field. And it's a great time to bring hope into people's lives because we see so much going around. A lot of people look at the economy because, you know, money. People think about money all the time. And we know things have been just so crazy. You know, prices skyrocketing. Uh, I'm thankful the gas prices are coming back down, and I pray they keep coming back down. But we have seen inflation unlike we've ever seen, well, at least in the past 40 years or so. I, I do remember the inflation 40, 40 plus years ago when I was younger. But for most people, this is the highest inflation they've ever seen. And they're saying, well, we may go into recession and all this kind of stuff. So people are, are real worried, real concerned. So it's time to give them hope. And that hope is Jesus Christ. And as we explain that hope, how Jesus gives us hope, we show people that, you know what, you can trust God. He's the only one you can trust. Trust him. Put your hope in him. And what's awesome is, is as we pray with people and we see them say, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to believe. I'm going to trust. And I'm going to give these situations to him. And then we hear those praise reports later of, wow, God answered that prayer, whether it was a prayer for a job or it was a, an important need that needed to be met or healing, just different things that we're praying with people about. And that helps build their faith. So it's important to pray with people as we go out. I've talked often about praying with your waiter or waitress at a restaurant or with the cashier. And I know you don't have a lot of time because they're busy too, but pray with them. Ask them what you can pray with them about and say a quick prayer there. If they're too busy for a prayer, say, what can I pray with you about? And I'll be sure to pray with you. So just giving them that hope that somebody cares enough to pray for them does more than what you think it would do for people. But as we go through these times, and we're coming up on a midterm election, and then two years from now, another presidential election. So we're going to hear all the rhetoric on every side on how bad each other, you know, both sides are. One thing I want to encourage you. Do not let politics get caught up in sharing the gospel with people. That's such a huge problem. It's been such a huge problem. And it's one reason why a lot of people don't want anything to do with the church because they look at it as being political. We don't need to do that. I don't see anywhere where Jesus was political. They tried to catch him one time talking about taxes, paying taxes, and Jesus quickly told them, look, render unto Caesar what is Caesar's, and unto God what is God's. And so that's how we should look at it, too. When Jesus got upset and really told somebody exactly like it is, like when he said, you brood of vipers, he was talking to religious leaders. He wasn't talking to sinners. He wasn't talking to tax collectors. He was inviting tax collectors to follow him, right? We need to follow Jesus like he asks, like he, well, he, he asks, but he commands us to follow him. And one thing that just really irritates me is when I hear a pastor preaching against a certain group of people. They're, they're calling them demons and devil possessed people, and they're never going to make it to heaven, just all kind of stuff. You know, they may be demon possessed. But when we come aggressively against somebody who is lost and without Jesus Christ, that's not going to win them over. We should always want to win everybody over to Jesus, no matter how vile we may think their sin is. 
We need to tell them about Jesus. We don't accept the sins. We all need to look in the mirror at that, right? We are all sinners who have fallen short of the glory of God, and so we all need Jesus. When Jesus went off on somebody, it was a religious leader. And so what I'm just really encouraging you as we're going to be going through more political seasons, don't use it to spew hatred upon people. Because those people and those other political parties you don't like, they may or may not be saved. If they're not saved, you're not going to win them over by telling them how bad they are and how horrible their political party is and their candidates are. You're never going to win them over that way. We need to pray for each other. We need to pray for those who we don't agree with. And we need to show forth the love of Jesus Christ. That's why I teach and I preach so much about discipleship. Because first of all, it's a command of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I believe that everything else flows out of that. You know, Jesus tells us that the, the two greatest commandments are to love the Lord your God and to love your neighbor as yourself, right? So we need to love God and love each other because our neighbor is everybody we come in contact with. And we read that in Matthew 22 when Jesus tells us that. Because, again, they were trying to catch Jesus and throw him off guard, but he's God. You can't throw God off guard. (laughs) And so by keeping the Great Commission, we are loving our Lord God and we are loving people because Jesus tells us in Matthew 28 to go and make disciples of all nations and to baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit and to teach them to obey all that he's commanded us and that he's with us always to the end of the age. So we're loving Jesus because we're being obedient to him. And he tells us if we love him, we will keep his commands. And we're loving others because we're sharing the greatest news there's ever been, the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news that Jesus is our Savior, is our Lord, died for us and rose again to give us eternal life. We're telling them the greatest news ever, and then we're teaching people how to live for him. So that's loving our neighbor as well. And when we dive into his word. And really, discipleship is something that just has to take place. Now, it's not just about a so-called classroom setting. You can teach people the word in houses and coffee shops, whatever, but also classroom settings too. That's uh, that's another way. Or even uh, now over Zoom, (laughs) that's another opportunity. Technology can be a great thing if we use it for the glory of God. Discipleship is also showing people how to serve how to serve others, and that's that's what Jesus did. And we need more and more and more of disciple-making going on in the body of Christ because it's something that has been missing for decades and decades. Because as we get into the Word of God, we start learning about how to live this life for Jesus. Because again, in the Great Commission, he tells us to teach others to obey everything he has taught us. And so in order to do that, we need to know those commands ourselves then we need to teach them to others. And that's why we teach, one of the classes that we teach is the 50 Commands of Christ. That's the second class in our discipleship curriculum because we learn how to obey Jesus. We learn how to love others because when Jesus tells us to repent, okay, that's the first sermon that's ever recorded for Jesus. He says, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, Matthew chapter 4. And he tells us, he gives that invitation to Matthew 4, follow me. He's going around calling his disciples, and he's telling them, follow me, follow me. And that's the invitation he gives all of us is to follow him. And so as we follow him, we're learning how he lived this life here on earth. And we start learning more about him, more about the Father, more about his plans for us. Then we start learning things like we need to go the extra mile for somebody. 
This life isn't about ourselves. It's not a life of selfishness. It's a life of giving, of serving. We learn things like love our enemies, Matthew 5:44. That is a tough command for a lot of people and for most people because we're taught to hate our enemies, right? That's just always been a mindset. But Jesus, he's countercultural. <laughs> he's saying, no, don't hate your enemies. Love them. And so when we're talking about politics, if you think the other political party is your enemy, well, guess what? That's not the time to spew forth sayings like you're going to hell or you're just a bunch of demons and yada, yada, yada. That's a time to show love to those people. You don't have to agree with what they're saying. They don't have to agree with your political stance, but you can love them with the love of Jesus. You can also pray for them. You know, Jesus commands us to do that as well, to pray for those who persecute us. So if you feel like you're being persecuted, that's not a time to whine and cry about it. That's a time to pray, and that's time to show forth love. How can we do these things? Well, if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, then he lives in you. He lives in me through his Holy Spirit. And so he gives us the power to do these things. And as we're going through the Word of God and we're we're teaching disciples, we, we learn things like seek first the kingdom of God, Matthew 6. How does that help us out here in the world? Well, with every crazy thing that's going on right now with the economy and COVID has ramped back up again, thankfully it's not deadly like it was with the Delta variant, but it's easy to worry. Well, he says, seek first his kingdom, his righteousness, and these things that we have need of, he's going to take care of. And see, we can tell others that. If we can share that with others and they start to understand that, then they get peace in their lives. That's why, like I said at the beginning, ministry is life. And we are in such an awesome time to share Jesus with others, to share his word with others. Because, again, there's so many people don't have peace, but we can talk to them about seek first the kingdom of God and share that story with them out of Matthew 6 about how God takes care of the birds of the air, how God clothes the the fields with beautiful flowers, and they're arrayed more beautiful than Solomon ever was. So if God's going to take care of the grass, he's going to take care of birds, how much more is he going to take care of those of us he created after his own image? So you see how that can give hope to people? So that's why we need to be in his word. We need to be discipled, and we need to be making disciples. Because the thing is, when you're making disciples, you're learning more yourself. I learn every time I teach the word of God Even on the radio, I learn because the Holy Spirit is teaching me as well. As we go through his word, we learn more things about fear God, don't fear man. There's a lot of fear out there. People are fearing other people, and that fear doesn't need to be there. We need to love other people, right? Uh, We we learn that we need to listen to God's voice, Matthew 11, 15, and Matthew 13, 9, 13, 43, and a whole bunch of other verses talk about that. And he tells us to also make his house a house of prayer. As you remember, Jesus got real upset when they were turning his house into a a den of thieves, is what he called it, and turned over the table, and people were selling stuff, and it wasn't a house of prayer at that time. And so Jesus wants our houses of worship to be houses of prayer, not places where we're talking down on people. And again, back to politics It's not the time to use the pulpit to degrade another person or political party. It's the time to pray. You know, pray for people that you think are off track and the political parties that are off track. You know, the truth be known, both have been off track for a long time, so we need to pray for everybody. (laughs) And understand that a political party, a politician, not going to save this country. I don't care who wins the next presidential election. They're not going to save this country. 
What's going to save this country is people of God praying for this country, praying for the right leadership in this country. But even more important than that, living out the life that Jesus commands us to live. So people can see Jesus. They can see the true Jesus. They can see the Jesus who is filled with love and compassion. Again, we don't discount sin, right? We need to talk about it. Because when we come to Jesus, we all need to confess, Lord, I'm a sinner. That's why we need a Savior. The commandments that God gave Moses, that showed us right there, we need a Savior. We can't do this. We need a Savior. The commandments showed us that. And as we dig more and more into his word, we understand that better. And we understand that we need to be lifting up the name of Jesus. We need to be praying for others. We need to be telling others about Jesus. We need to be showing them in our lifestyle and the way that we live. And we're going to see the more believers who do that, the more we're going to see people come to Jesus. There's a lot of talk about a lot of people have fallen away from the church, who have fallen away from religion. Well, I'm not talking anything about religion. I'm talking about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And people need to see us living out that relationship and how that works. So they will want that too because they can look at at many professing Christians and say, I I live the same way they do, so I, I don't need that. No, Jesus says we're different, and we're to be different from this world. And we're different because if we live for Jesus, then the world's going to know that. They're going to know, hey, okay, those people are different. What's up with that? What's going on with you? And then when we share the gospel with love and respect, like Jesus tells us to, then they're going to be more receptive. I remember one time we were in Atlanta, Georgia. This was a number of years ago. Gosh, it was early 2000s maybe 2003, four, somewhere around there or earlier. And we had just had a tremendous outreach and a community where we saw a couple of hundred people come to the Lord. And it was just a phenomenal, phenomenal day. And we're driving through Atlanta and there's a, a couple of guys on the street corner and they were holding up a sign and telling everybody that passed through, you're going to hell, you're going to hell. I was like, what? I should have pulled over and started talking to those guys, but I didn't. But it's like, how was that going to make anybody want to repent and come to Jesus? And then everybody that passes that corner is not going to hell. Because we had a van load of people who love Jesus and are living for Jesus who are on our way to heaven. There was just as messages like that. I'm like, no, no, no. That's, you know, God bless you for your zeal, but the method is, is not there. Jesus told the truth, but he told it in love. And that's what we have to do. We, we know what sin is. We know what disobedience to God is. And, and we need to talk about that. But we do it in love. That's what I'm saying. We're not inviting that sin into the church. We're inviting the sinners into the church so God can cleanse them just like he cleanses us. Because we all need to be cleansed. None of us are perfect. And even after coming to Jesus, none of us are without sin in our lives. We strive, and we should be striving not to have sin in our lives. And the more we walk with him, the less we do sin. And so that's why, again, being in a house of worship where discipleship is taking place, be a part of it. Be discipled. And leaders out there, let people who you disciple disciple others because it's not just about those of us who are pastors leading everything 
I'm so excited here. One of our volunteers, she went through our DM squared class, and now she is teaching a DM squared class. And that's what it's about, making disciples who can make disciples. That's what Paul was telling Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2, said, And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. So Paul is telling Timothy, look, I have trained you. I have discipled you. Now you go train, disciple others who will go and train and disciple others. You keep going, you keep going, you keep going. That's why we're here today with the gospel of Jesus Christ, because people were obedient to the word. And we need to be obedient to the word and keep passing it on, keep passing it on, and encourage others to make disciples as well. So we need to be a people who are loving others, who are following Jesus, and who are making disciples who can make disciples. And when we do that, we learn how to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And we learn how to love others, love our neighbor. Jesus tells us that, commands us to do that. And the more we learn his word, the more we live it out, the more we can do that, even if we don't agree with somebody. You know, that's one thing that we have to get over. We're not going to agree 100% with everything everybody has to say. Some of you listening today may not agree with everything that I'm saying today. But you know what? That's okay. I love you. God loves you. What my prayer is is that we will all get into his word, study it, be taught it, be a disciple of Jesus Christ, and then make disciples as well. Be a disciple who makes disciple to teach those to make other disciples. It, it just keeps going. So I just really want to encourage you that and pray that that message came through today loud and clear. And want to also make sure this message goes through loud and clear. If you've never given your life to Jesus, oh, I pray that you will. I pray today you will. He loves you. He loves you so much he died for you. And he came back to life so you, too, can live forever. Because when we die, we're going to go to heaven or to hell. If we deny Jesus, we don't live for him here on earth, hell is, is the destiny. And hell is going to get thrown into the lake of fire. So it gets even worse for all eternity. But now if Jesus, if we choose Jesus to live for him, to follow him, to believe in him, then he forgives us, and we have eternal life with him forever and ever and ever, always in the presence of God. And that's what he wants. And that's what I want for you, and I pray that that's what you want. Let me close by reading this, Second Thessalonians chapter 1, starting in verse 7. When the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flame and fire, inflicting vengeance on those who do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, they will suffer the punishment of eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his might. When he comes on that day to be glorified in his saints and to be marveled at among all who have believed. So my question is, what we read there about vengeance, inflicting vengeance on those who do not know God and do not obey the gospel and will suffer punishment for eternity, eternal destruction. Are you okay with that? I'm not okay with that. I don't want that. I want Jesus. I want eternal life. 
And I pray you choose that today. And if you do, I just encourage you to just talk to Jesus right now. Say, Jesus, I, I need you. I know I'm a sinner. I know I've messed up. And I, I may not understand everything right now, but I do understand that I'm a sinner and I need you. And I ask you to forgive me of my sins and to cleanse me of all my unrighteousness. And I surrender my life to you. I confess, Jesus, that you are my Lord. You are my Savior. Save me, Lord. And I believe you died for me and on the third day rose again to live forever. I confess you, Jesus, as Lord of my life. And I thank you for saving me. I love you. Help me to live for you. Fill me with your spirit. And it's in your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. Pray something like that. And if you did, I encourage you to email me. Again, ken.tuck at loveinactionministries.com. Ken.tuck at loveinactionministries.com or 334. Call us at 334-494-4995. And I'd love to give you some next steps on what to do. I'd love to celebrate with you your greatest decision ever to give your life to Jesus Christ. Well, I'm out of time, but I just can't say thank you enough for joining me today. I pray that God spoke to you through his word today, and I pray that you have a wonderful week coming up. Stay cool out there, and remember, Jesus loves you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May he lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.